Welcome to Close Listening, Art International Radio's program of readings and conversations with poets presented in collaboration with Penn Sound. My guest today for the second of two shows is Nathaniel Mackey. Nathaniel Mackey, who for many years taught at the University of California at Santa Cruz, is now a professor at Duke University. He's the editor of the literary magazine Hambone and co-editor with Art Lang of the anthology Moments Notice, Jazz in Poetry and Prose. He has two books of essays, Discrepant Engagement, Dissonance, Cross-Culturality, and Experimental Writing, and Paracritical Hinge, Essays, Talks, Notes, Interviews. My name is Charles Bernstein. Nate, welcome back <laughs> to Close Listening. Well, thank you for having me back. It's, it, does, uh, it seems like just it Just like moments yesterday. ago. <laughs> yeah, like moments ago. Um, I thought I would... Um, sort of throw out uh, some of the my, my uh, favorite terms of yours that I often think about and actually constantly quote, uh, and I thought I would go back to the source and see what you had in mind. By them. I mean, they're actually some, some of your titles, but they, they seem to somehow come close to my own aesthetics. I mean, for one, discrepant engagement. Mm -hmm. what, what, what does discrepant engagement suggest to you? Why do you like that term? How does it work? It, it suggests a crack, a, a creaking. Uh, it suggests um, dissonance and um, disparity, um, but also a, a willingness to, to reside within a, a rift of some sort, um, a blur, uh, a, a qualification of distinction or even an indistinction, um, and also in doing so possibly bridge you know, what has been sundered or at least uh, straddle it. Um, it seems to me that um, you know uh, certain kinds of wholeness are not available to us, um, and uh, th that you know that's our shot at it is to is to be able to discrepantly engage. Of course, uh, it's it's a kind of a paradox, something that doesn't connect that connects, and it's uh, one of the many ways in which. Uh, you and other poets have tried to turn around the idea of fragmentation and isolation and think of it as a practice that, that brings things together. Walter Benjamin's sense of constellation, mm -hmm. chordal relationships, uh, Blake's sense of uh, in incommensurability that's nonetheless welded together. And that connects right again to a title you use for essays and perhaps for essay practice, which uh, is Paracritical Hinge. So there you have three qualifications on critical. It's not mm -hmm. critical writing. It's paracritical mm -hmm. uh, next to, and then hinge, hinge being a little bit like, you know, well, it's a, it's a form of connection. It's mm -hmm. not necessarily linear, yeah. logical. Yeah, a form of connection that allows a bend and that allows a flexing and, and movement. Um, you know, door hinge, obviously. Um, and paracritical uh, to suggest um, something that's on the edge of, 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 of you know, criticism, uh, that's some kind of uh, joining of criticism with, you know, a, a other forms of, of discourse. Um, in that particular book, I was, um, you know, I was moving away from um, the book of essays in, in some strict, uh, in some strict sense. I mean, there are essays in the book, there are critical essays in the book, but, but there are also interviews in the book. Um, there are there's a, a talk that um, 
that concludes with a reading of fiction, and the fiction itself is a kind of mix of of of, uh, of critical and, and and fictive gestures, and uh, impulses and, and 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 trajectories. So um, you know, the para suggested a kind of mix, but also um, I wanted to get, or at least I hear in it, uh, a certain sense of emergency. Uh, you know, as in you know para you know, uh, paramedic, mm-hmm. uh, paralegal, uh, a sense of the ad hoc, um, you know, that, that's called into necessity by, you know, a sense of emergency. And, and, and emergency is, you know, um, you know, when business as usual breaks down, and I think business as usual has broken down. So I wanted to suggest some kind of activity um, that is alive to that fact and that, that wants to um, uh, go with it as it can. I'm also interested in the relation of sound to sense in this, you know, set of terms, uh, and specifically rhythm, and what that might have to do with the patacritical and the discrepant engagement, or the, the, the you know, another one of my favorites, the leg, leg bus limping and so on, mm-hmm. which is, uh, uh, you know, shatters a veneer of, of kind of a smooth rationality mm-hmm. with the limp intruding, so... Is is there an aspect of the rhythmic in writing for you that is part of both practice as a poet and as an essayist, which has this philosophical dimension to it? Yeah, well, the the rhythmic is 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 you know an attempt to to dance. I mean, it's it's part of having a uh, a dance like movement. Um, you know, the impulse arises to to um, you know to do that when you know. Um, sometimes when there's been a sense of displacement or dislocation and al- almost sort of after the fact one wants to make it more graceful than it might have, you know, hit one, uh, an initial a- impact. I mean, sometimes we, um, you know, we can, we can recuperate, um, a, a, you know, a misstep by, you know, just, you know, uh, tweaking it a little bit and, it, and, it, and, and, and we find a grace and a gracefulness in it. Um, Rith, uh, rhythm can can be a gr- uh, uh, that kind of bridge for us. I think I think it serves that purpose. It, it it gives us continuity, even you know over terrain that you know is is not all that smooth or, or continuous. Um, I'm particularly uh, drawn to um, the whispering of words among themselves. Uh, a, a lot of what I I my ear seems to tend towards is, uh, you know, uh, close, uh, you know, collocations of words, sometimes the same word. Uh, and, um, you know, the rhythm is largely uh, a matter of, of, of getting these play of samenesses and, and difference in angles going off from, you know, what what is the same but not the same. Um, so it's been, you know, it's it's a way, going back to your reference to to Legba, who's the West African um, uh, spirit of um, the gateway, the crossroad um, of heterogeneity, of encounter with, uh, you know, difference and other. Um, and Legba is a, a limping figure, but also a figure of, um, of dance, uh, a limp, uh, 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 you know. So Legba embodies uh, impairment, the limp, uh, ungainliness of a certain mm-hmm. sort, but also gracefulness. And again, so to find a way to, uh, you know, to translate damage into a dance is, is, yeah. is I'm, I think... I'm, I'm uh, 
completely engaged by that that set of things. But <laughs> what I want to ask you is, in as non-comic a way as possible for me, how how can limping be be graceful? I mean, I've tried all my life to figure that out too. So I'm with you on it, but I still want to ask ask you to 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 respond to that. What does it have to do with the traditional sense of meter, which is, of course, entirely a symmetrical system of a kind of linguistic grace? Mm-hmm. And also, you know, what's disability got to do with that? I mean, in a way, you're proposing something which can be understood as a poetics of disability, of limping, of, or of stuttering, mm-hmm. which often would be thought of as averse to eloquence, um, poetic... Uh, meter mm-hmm. and and beauty mm-hmm. and yet you're eliding them and i'm always thrilled to hear you do that but i want you to say a little bit more about how that's possible is that just a dream are yeah. we deluding ourselves well, if if what's a value is is to say is to have something that tells um then um symmetrical gracefulness is insufficient. It doesn't say or tell enough. Uh, what is uh, uh, what is graceful, and that's you know in this expanded sense of graceful, is that um, impairment does tell. Limping does tell. It has something to say. Um, when a musician resorts to syncopation, um, it's an inflectional um, enhancement, really, of what of what would otherwise be there without it. Um, the figure of Legba is, in some ways, a figure of excess and 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 and, and paradox. Um, graceful but limping, um, and so it's saying something about um, the given notions and values of gracefulness that um you know the the impaired or the disabled i I think that it has to do with the need to account for or just acknowledge um the fact that we don't just live in an efficiency machine (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that you know that just kind of you know everything mm-hmm. goes you know uh in a mechanical efficacious um way um there's i think i don't think it's just i don't think it's necessarily something that's imposed on us i think there's something there's an impulse in us that wants to complicate that and there's an impulse in us that even can greet the imposition of disruption as a welcome complication but not in the sense, although I, I find it charming and appealing, not disabled but differently abled. It interests me to, to to sort of stick with that disablement a little bit and hear how that sounds mm-hmm. and hear the other other dimension of it, which is I think crucial to what what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to sort of transform it or, or or say, well, it makes you strong in one way. I don't hear very well, but I see better. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the not hearing very well that interests me and the disruptions. Uh, yeah. Uh, that and ruptures mm-hmm. that come in. So there's that set of words. And so here's yeah. another term which you've uh, perhaps uh, insisted on uh, against uh, a, a certain resistance to this kind of uh, 
explanation through or expression through depth, um, uh, and that would be uh, Duende from Lorca, mm-hmm. because uh, so much of the poetics of depth has been something that a lot, a lot of poets in and around the work that you do have been somewhat resistant to. Mm-hmm. Why do you find Duende to be a useful term in your poetics? Um, now, are you saying that, that Duende itself is a, a counter to a poetics of depth? No, it no, is a poetic. I'm, a po- I'm okay, saying that there's is. been a lot of resistance to depth for a number of reasons, which mm-hmm. you would, yeah, you know, yeah. partly for reasons that you just discussed, because it tends to be too totalizing mm-hmm. and uh, uh, without the kind of complexities and discrepancies. Mm-hmm. So, but but you're insisting. I'm not going to answer my idea <laughs> that really that what what Duende is is in fact a discrepant engagement. I mean, that's essentially yeah, your yeah, argument. Yeah, but yeah. Well, it's called yeah, deep tell song. Tell me about it. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's called deep song. I want to hear that story again. Yeah, it's Conte yeah. Hondo. Yeah, but um, you know, it's not deep in some um, totalized, homogenous, and you know composed and complacent sense. I mean, it's, I mean, it, I mean, Lorca, when he talks about Duende, he talks about it as a tearing of the voice. So, so rending is very much, you know, very much a part of it. And discontent is very much a part oh. of it. It's not, uh, it's not, uh, it's not efficiency and elocution, although one has to be capable of that, but one has to be, um, discontent with that duende uh duende uh, is is the voice of, uh, of 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 wanting more than that or wanting to go beyond that or wanting to push that further and you know that rending that that rifting that tearing of the voice is is the way depth is understood in the aesthetic of, of duende and i'd want to contrast that with a certain desire for emotional expression in some lyric poetry which actually is very averse to Duende because mm-hmm. it doesn't have that tearing mm-hmm. because it's some sort of just direct uh, uh, s- statement of how a person feels. Yeah, yeah. It, and it, 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 the feeling well, almost, it, it goes beyond how you feel. Yeah. And it, in fact, rips apart the very expression of your feeling. Yeah. I mean, you're not in command of uh, some uh, commensurate, commensurate statement of how you feel. Uh, it somehow gets beyond you, is what Duende is saying. I'm talking with Nathaniel Mackey on Penn Sounds, close listening on Art International Radio, operating at artonair.org. Use the word syncopation uh, before something uh, I'm very interested in as a term in, in music. Is, is How would you apply that term, or how do you think about that term in terms of your own poetry? Mm-hmm. Um. Well, you know, sometimes you know the uh, the, the beat, you know, uh, arrives a little early, uh, sometimes a little late. Um, sometimes I'll, you know, one will stretch it out. Sometimes one will hurry it. Um, again, that's uh, that has to do with interrupting a certain uniformity of pace and and, and metrical, you know, uh, proceeding. Um, there's also the, you know, the, you know relationship of, of syncopation to um to syncope which is you know <laughs> a kind of uh um almost uh trance-like or or uh or swooning mm-hmm. type uh you know loss 
of, of, uh, of place, consciousness, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I think that um, in, um, you know, a poetic sort of aesthetic that is, you know, on speaking terms with Duende, that kind of opening up, um, that kind of um, nearness to the abyss um, is one of the things that, 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 that syncopation is intimating, um, that that, um, that disruption, uh, temporal, psychical, emotional, um, and I think epistemological, um, is always in the neighborhood. A lot of your works um, make use of a range of references uh, that may not be apparent upon first reading. James Lemire and I were sitting together in this very Kelly Writer's house not so many months ago looking over a, a poem of yours with with some others, and we just started to look up all the words. Uh, poem made perfect sense to me at the level that we're talking, but <laughs> when we did look up the words, there was a range of information and um, that uh, was not apparent, and that everything seemed to, to you know, one one reference led inexorably to the next, so they were all interconnected. Um, this goes, in, in a way, contrary to a certain sense of a vernacular in, in the poetics that you and I are both both interested in, coming out of Williams or Creeley, mm-hmm. let's say, in which you know everything is is what it is. There's nothing to look up. There mm-hmm. aren't illusions. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, I would say, uh, are in an interesting situation where you do have your cake and eat it too. That is to say, the, the work really can, can be read in this way, straight straight ahead, as one's listening. But yet, obviously. There's an incredible um, constellation of discourses mm-hmm. that you're putting forward uh, and that are not the ones that most of us grew up with or perhaps anybody really grew up. I mean, they're not, they're not ones that are given in any particular context. They're really syncretic, and you're, you're creating this syncretic space. And uh, it's not like a hectoring pound or Elliot that you should read these things, but, but still it's, it's, it's a world of sources that calls upon that you're calling upon us to know about because when we read them, they're fascinating. So I'm interested in how you use those different discrepant discourses, uh, wielding them into something that, uh, not wielding, but melding, melting them into a, 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 a poem. It feels like a lyric musical poem. Well, I, I, I don't see the vernacular as a choice against, um, you know, layers and, you know, um, things that might not be readily available on the surface you know, of the poem. Um, I think that, um, you know, the vernacular coexists with, as you've said, um, you know, range of reference and, and uh, you know, layers of implication and, and meanings packed into words and things like that. I, but I think that a part of that is available you know, by way of the activity of the reader. Um, they may, you know, there are things that are going on that I'm not aware of, even though I'm, I'm the writer. Uh, and I, I've been um, interested to, to find things brought to light to me that are going on in, 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 in my work that, that readers have found that I wasn't aware of. Um, so it's, Although you know there there there's a Although lot. Although that's I, I understand how that works, but yeah. it's a complicated thing because you're pointing to certain kinds of fields, you're pointing to certain 
bodies of knowledge outside of a kind of North American and European mm-hmm. uh, body of knowledge. And once you enter that, then other things you say may actually reflect aspects of that that you were not necessarily, because you, you sort of open up the, the door and you're maybe more inside than you're fully mm-hmm. aware of once mm-hmm. you start to cite those things. Yeah. And, or once they're read within that frame. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a fascinating aspect to the work. I noticed that myself. Yeah. But But isn't that that coexistence of the vernacular and the recondite uh i mean does that's been around a while i mean i i mean going back to the, the modernists that you know uh i mean you mentioned you know pound and elliot but uh you know th- they were quite interested in in the vernacular they were they were quite interested in in um you know uh, colloquial speech um they weren't always uh i mean <laughs> Sometimes they seem more. They seem to have been more uh, conflicted about it. Well, you have than we are. Williams and Stein on the one yeah. hand, Pound, Pound and Elliot on the other. Obviously, illusions was a key part of one aspect of the modernist churches, but a, a great deal of the other part, which you on the surface of it would seem to connect to, is away from those kinds of illusions, and certainly to those illusions. I mean, Duncan certainly mm-hmm. important to you would be an important middle middle figure. Mm-hmm. But the way in which you're bringing, allowing these kinds of illusions or things you have to look up, mm-hmm. paratext, to sort of find out what's going on, I, I think it's a you know, particular necessity that you discovered in terms of the work that you're doing. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that one couldn't assume these things, but that they were, that they were crucial. Yeah, and, and that one can... Um, couldn't assume people would know them because they wouldn't know them. Right. Because they're not taught. They're not... <laughs> you have to find them out for yourself. I yeah. mean, they're... They weren't. They're the opposite of the canon, mm-hmm. although I think for you they operate in a way that's similar. But they're certainly not the canon in the sense of the any kind of received knowledge from the last couple hundred mm-hmm. years that yeah. was common in Europe and the U.S., right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they don't have, you know, the weight of certain kinds of authority behind them, uh, certain kinds of power behind them. And um, I think, therefore, um, the... Uh, the spirit of the vernacular um, is not so at odds with them as they, as they may seem to be in, um, you know, in, 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 in work that is alluding to, uh, to a canon that does have, you know, a long tradition of, uh, of power and even uh, coercion behind it. You have to know this. No. Well, I, 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 you know, I, 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 I think it's persuasive what you're doing, and it was I- interesting to read in a classroom where William Carlos was says what the, was the death of it, you know, to realize, you know, I hadn't done my job in reading that poem, but it was also there we were with our laptops. It was quite easy to figure out what was going on because the web provided us with that information, you know, right away. So mm-hmm. it wasn't like hundred, you know, days and days later. It was just about instant. But it was also discrepant, and that's what interests me. It mm-hmm. wasn't right on the surface. And when you read it, it did change what you understood about what's going on. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, th- the problem with that other you know, view, which I am completely uh, enamored of, is that you, you, you ha- to change knowledge, you have to provide other forms of knowledge. It, mm-hmm. it can't, you know, poetry can't exist just on that level of what you already know. There are other kinds of things, and you've taken that on in a very rich way. And I actually, let me ask you that. You, you write your epistolary novel, your, your poems, and your essays, and you have your performances. What do you see as the connection between those, and you're a teacher as well, what's the connection 
discrepant is that discrepant engagement those let's just say four modalities that you work in that are very powerful aspect of your everyday life um well there there you know there there are cracks between those realms that have to be stepped over and um and just maybe just allowed to exist there but um there's certainly a conversation among those different realms um material that comes into um you know the poems i write um you'll you'll find that material showing up in fiction you'll find it showing up in criticism and you know it's certainly stuff that shows up in my teaching um performance um is um you know I mean, all of them are performances. I mean, whether they're on the, you know, whether they're on the page or whether it's me standing up reading them, I mean, they're performances. But, but you know, the, the the site where the performance takes place, it, you know, uh, makes for differences. Uh, Do you think that when you're writing, it's a kind of a performance or improvisation? Yeah, I think of um, uh, I think of writing itself as performance. I, I think of what I think of what the words do as I think of the words as performers too. I think of you know, and, and one of the things that I think writing is is um, is being attuned to um, you know the, the performance that words are capable of, the performance that that syntax is capable of, uh, the performance that rhythm uh, can you know can can bring into. And how the mix. how spontaneous are you? in your writing practice in terms of those old and perhaps uh, uh, shibboleth-like dis- distinctions between revision and non-revision, um, spontaneity and, uh, and I have, analysis? I have both. I mean, I, um, I'm, you know, things spontaneously come to me. I also revise. Um, I've described myself as a, a slow improviser. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I improvise over time uh there's a way in which i'm always looking for you know opportunities and um and i'm constantly jotting things down um but i don't find that uh my writing for the most part tends to come in one fell swoop i mean it's it's strewn over the place so um the spontaneous part for me is often at the point where things are coming in and it may just be a dribble and then again it may be you know a whole river not very often but mostly dribbles and but also there's some spontaneity in the in the process of revision i mean one one sees possibilities there that you hadn't seen before um when you you know i mean you're you're you know you're because you're not revising sort of some fixed idea that you had before, but the revision is overlaying the v- yeah. and pushing further the very yeah. spontaneous yeah. movement of yeah. what you don't know. Yeah, it's 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 seeing further. Um, it's seeing what you hadn't seen before. It's not, you know, I'm, I was trying to say something, you know, in in this patch of writing that. I just didn't didn't get to, and and I, I revised to make it more clear what I make more clear what I was trying trying to say. It's 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 usually not at that level. It's like you know, um, you know, it's feeling that there's something more there uh, that you don't know quite, um, uh, you know, how to say what it is. But but you work towards getting that more out, and that more is not necessarily you know a, a more 
precise statement of you know of what was already there. It, it, it it's often and, and most interestingly something else uh, where you pick up on what would you know what seem to have been intuitive clues you know within the writing itself uh, something you hadn't noticed before something you didn't notice you know when you first wrote it and and you feel that there's something in this passage that you know that that takes you over there so it's 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 hard to know again um what you know what is the moment of origin for any act of writing you know it, you know i mean first thought you know a best thought is very complicated <laughs> when you don't know you know <laughs> where first is you know because the revision is is now a point of origin you know it, it it's 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 uh new stuff comes out of revision. I mean, you re-see, you, you, you revisit certainly, and that's part of it, but, um, but that revisitation, you know, can take, you know, where you were before in, in, into, you know, an unpredictable place. So I, I, it's part of what I mean by saying I'm a, a slow improviser is, is to say that it's, it's all improvisation. You know, it's, it's not like, uh, you know, at one point I have a score and then I go off from that. I mean, it's, it's all, you know, uh, the, the, the making up of, uh, of, what it, of, of what it will come to be. You've been listening to Nathaniel Mackey on Close Listening. The program was recorded on February 1st the Kelly Writers House at the University of Pennsylvania. Close Listening is a production of Penn Saturday in collaboration with Art International Radio, operating at artonair.org. For more information on this show, visit our website, writing.upenn.edu slash pensound. I have been, for these fleet moments, Charles Bernstein, your guide to close listening, close listening, close listening.